and welcome to the first ever episode of the In and Around podcast. I'm your host, Will Hunt. Joining me this week is David Harris. Hi. And Mike Breslin. Hello. So what's the In and Around pod all about? Well, every week, the three of us are going to get together, almost as if we were in the pub, and we're just going to get in and around the issues in the world of football and just have a general chat. But before we get down to the business, do you want to introduce yourself, lads? Do you want to, Dave, do you want to tell them what you're all about? Yeah, I'm a Birmingham City fan. Uh, pretty unfortunate for me, to be honest. Yeah, I just love football. Um, bit of a statistician, to be honest. Mike? Uh, yeah, I'm Mike. Um, I'm a Man U fan, which is a bit of a shame this season. And for the last six or so years, um, do a bit of football writing, done some betting tips. So hopefully we can add some insight to your lives. And I'm Will. And um, if my voice is a bit hoarse during this podcast, that's because we're recording this on the day that Chelsea absolutely swindled Arsenal out of a win for a 2-1. Lovely Tammy Abraham. Um, but I know we said we were going to do current issues mainly on this pod and we will do but the only way to bring in a new decade and a new podcast is to discuss the old decade so this podcast is going to be all about the 2010s the twenty, the teens I don't, I don't quite know how it goes um, but we're just going to like, have a discussion about who we think were the best players of the decade um, who were the best teams what were the best moments the best goals um, because the three of us are fans of English football um, mainly the Premier League, although we have got a championship follower here. Probably League One next probably year. Probably League One <laughs> next year. Pep Clotetting. Um We're going to probably take a, a lean towards the Premier League, but we will talk about some of the other leagues as we go. So I think the best way to start this off, and perhaps this is going to be a debate, is to discuss who we think is the best Premier League player of the decade. Um, so... Mine's fairly... I know who I'm going to say, and I don't think I was ever going to say anything else. But I imagine the two of you are not going to agree with me. So do you two want to tell me who you think is the best player of the decade? Dave? I'm going to have to go for Sergio Aguero, just for the consistency of goals he scored throughout the entire decade. Brez? Yeah. Uh, mine's a toss-up between Hazard or Aguero. Excellent, because mine's Ed and Hazard. Yeah, I, I realised that's who you were going to be. Yeah, so I think think. so. And... Okay, do you want to make the case for, you, for Aguero? And then I'll make the case for Hazard? Yeah, and then I'll decide. <laughs> That's nice, this is going to work. <laughs> so Aguero scored 20 goals plus very consistently throughout the decade. Every season bar two. I, I was going to say, I wanted yeah. to... I thought every That's decade, really on every season this one. <laughs> um, and obviously, they've won a couple of titles as well in the last decade. Obviously four. the famous... Number four? City have won... This is about, right, 11, 12, 13, 14, mm. and then the last two, so four. Oh, yeah. Um, and obviously Aguero yeah. with the very iconic 11, 12 goal. Yeah, we'll get onto that later. Yeah. We certainly will. <laughs> um, right, so I'm not going to make a case for Hazard yet. I'm going to make a case against Sergio Aguero. I'm going to start by saying Sergio Aguero has never been the best player in the league. He's been the most consistently brilliant player, no. but there's not a single season where you'd look at Sergio Aguero and say, "You're the player. You've been the best player this year." I mean, even in his season, he's magnificent. Eleven, twelve, he wasn't. Um, Thirteen, fourteen, he wasn't. The last two yeah. years, he certainly hasn't been. No. Raheem Sterling's been the main. Considering the yeah. goals he scored, he may be a bit underappreciated. Yeah, I think he in is. that sense, what I you're think saying. He is. But I think. I hate punishing players for having good teams. <laughs> However, Man City have been consistently ex 
excellent in terms of the team they have had. And then when you compare it to what Hazard did at Chelsea, and I think they were Aguero is there longer. He's got the benefit of a few more seasons, but in terms of impact on the team, I don't think Aguero has the same impact on that Manchester City team that Hazard had on that Chelsea team. Because Hazard not Hazard only having one PFA Player of the Year is quite frankly a farce. Because there's two there's two great wrongs that they got PFA Player of the Year. The first one is that they gave Riyad Mahrez Player of the Year when it was clearly in Golo Kante. And the second one is they then recourse corrected that by giving Kante one over Eden Hazard, because in the he's he used to just pick Chelsea up, push them over mm. the finish line. He used to like you'd be watching a game with Chelsea, you think this is really boring. You've got Fernando Torres up front who's got one working leg, <laughs> and you've got and you he's looking at the other wing and he's seeing William who scored about one goal in seventy five years. And then all of a sudden, it's 3-0 because Hazard's conjured a moment of magic and he's basically fired the ball at Torres and it's gone in off him. And then he scored one himself. <laughs> but you only have to t- take a look at this season and West Ham, Chelsea at home to West Ham, they lost. Last year, deadlock, losing at home to West Ham, moment of magic. That's a, that, to me, the most consistently brilliant player. And the one who... he's Certainly Aguero had the most consistent level of play but Hazard's highs are much higher than Aguero's highs I would have put forward Kevin De Bruyne but when there's those other players that played for more seasons of the decade I feel maybe can't really put him forward for the entire decade Kevin, and those other players I think the difference is Kevin De Bruyne is now the best player in the Premier League yeah absolutely that's why are you guys agree because I said this when we practiced a couple of weeks yeah ago. but I think I think there's been a, I think there's been a change I think Kevin De Bruyne the last couple of weeks like when everyone else is tired he's been superb I do think it's closer than people are going to admit, but between him and Marne, uh, I think Marne. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, Dave's pick, Dave picks Aguero. I pick Hazard. I think I was trying to decide. I think Hazard's the yeah is a genius. The things he can do yeah, are pretty unrivaled in the last ten years in the Premier League. I would suggest. But yeah, Aguero, twenty goals a season. You know exactly what you're going to get out of him. It's hard to. It's, the stats are certainly on Aguero's side. Well, yeah, but then last season in a what well, wasn't a great Chelsea team with a manager who didn't know what he was doing. Sixteen goals, fair. fifteen that's assists in the Premier League. Yeah, for Hazard. Season before, uh, twelve goals, four assists. So not quite as good. The year before that, yeah. sixteen goals, five assists. So Consistently, a lot, of, a decent amount of goals from the wing as well. From mm. the wing. And setting him up for his mates, and a lot of the time he was probably the pass before the pass. Yeah. Because he torn them apart. Well, he led the league. He led the league in like chances created, and the only thing you'd say to him was the quality. He played two. He played three seasons with Diego Costa, one of which Hazard was injured, and Mourinho kept playing him and made the injury worse. But the other two, they they dovetailed really well. But the other strikers he played with. Played with a Maratta, a slightly past it Giroud, um, a, a past it Drogba, a shell shock Torres, an awful Torres. Yeah. I think that has to to be that Definitely consistently good as a team. I'm so down to him. Yeah, that probably counts for something. I'll get. We'll, I'll go Hazard. Right, you're going Hazard. Convince me. Right, so we've won on the first <laughs> one. Um, speaking of um, best player of the decade in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Are we all in agreement on best player of the decade worldwide? Uh, I'm pretty sure me and Mike are. Uh, obviously, it's, it's messy. 
Right. Yeah, I think it's messy. So I think well. I think it's messy, but I can definitely make a case for Cristiano Ronaldo. But absolutely sure. <sighs> yeah, I mean, well, especially when you compare the honours Ronaldo getting the four Champions Leagues and uh, for Messi the Euros, for Euros, and the Nations. Did they win the Nations League? I've or was it the Dutch? Oh. There's a question. I feel like, they, I feel like the they were in the final. I feel like we should have done more research. We should have before we started. <laughs> well, the I did a bit of research, so um, yeah, Portugal did win it. Portugal, Portugal did win it. Okay. Yeah, I was feeling so that. To be fair, he's pretty much carried the um, that nation to yeah. that. Maybe a bit less in the Nations yeah. League because the team's getting so, better. More Champions Leagues, more Nations League. I think they're level on Ballon d'Or, aren't they? Five, five to four in this decade. To Messi. Yeah. Okay. I did look that up. Domestically, Messi's obviously trounced him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that 91 goal season in 2012. Yeah. Right, not season, year, calendar year. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you can't. I can't give it to anyone else yeah, after he no, did that. Agreed. I just can't. No, no. Uh, admittedly, we're incredibly lucky to have them both at the same yeah. time. I don't want to be that guy, but we've got to enjoy it while it lasts. And he's what hit 50 plus goals. Yeah. In the last yeah. like nine of ten years, I just want to say I'm, I'm enjoying absolutely nothing about Barcelona being a good side, and I would like them to just fall into a, a pit of despair. Um, okay, so that's player of the decade um, sorted. Eden Hazard for both. Um, <laughs> um, I think the only logical place to go next is team of the decade yeah. um, for the Premier League. Now, um, another award gets handed out in this because if you're Whoever you put in as your goalkeeper is also your goalkeeper of the decade. So no pressure, lads. Um, Dave, do you want to go first? Tell us the formation and. Um... So, my formation. Um, I'm having to go four four two, just mainly because there's mainly because there's two strikers that I want to put in. Um, I've got to go De Gea for my keeper, to be honest. Um, Jack, obviously an iconic keeper of the decade, but. It's not really his peak for me. Was before in the first sort of Mourinho era mm-hmm. of Chelsea, um, and then Kyle Walker at right back. I think mm-hmm. obviously there's a case for Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's been fantastic. Okay, uh, Company and Van Dijk at centre back. Aswan Lequeta. I'm going to have to put left back. Uh, he did play there for a little while, so I'm allowing myself that one. Uh, De Bruyne in centre mid uh, with Kante Sterling at right mid uh, David Silva at left mid uh, just for his creativity and Kane Aguero up top so yeah right okay Mike Liston uh, yeah so De Gea, uh, I've gone 4-3-3 De Gea in goal um, Walker right back as well Aspilicueta left back Company Van Dijk in the centre of my defence three midfielders Kante David Silva Torre Yaya Torre just for the record <laughs> uh, and then Hazard Aguero came my front three right so mine is De Gea um, I'm 4-3-3 as well I think it's defining formation of a decade um, then I've got the same defence Walker at right back Van Dyke, company Aspilicueta my midfield trio is slightly different Kante is going to have to do a lot of running I've got Kante De Bruyne and David Silva and then up front I've got <laughs> I've got Hazard and now for some reason I've stuck Aguero out right, wide because I need Harry Kane um, so there's not a lot of changes in between who we've got no. except that David Harris you, did you, you have Hazard? Hazard? No I did didn't you pick think. David Silva over Hazard? Yeah I did Can you a explain guy, it? I, did. I mean 
Because I'm baffled. With, with my, I wanted to go with more. If I could stack more midfielders in that, I would. But I can't. Just because David Silva has been so consistent for Man City and won four titles, I can't shake him out of that team. Kante's been fantastic at Chelsea and Leicester. Sterling has developed into one of the best players in the league. Uh, and Kevin De Bruyne is possibly now the best player in the league. And they've all been fantastic. So I'm not I'm not able to shake them. I know you're a huge Hazard fan, Will. But it's, it's not about being a huge Hazard fan. We've just sat there and debated player of the decade for the Premier League. And you've gone, you've gone, you've gone, David Silver's better. He wasn't. You've gone, Raheem Sterling is better. He definitely wasn't. Like, I mean, Raheem Sterling's had two seasons at really high level competition. And if I had to drop a striker for another winger, he'd be in. He is so far away from being as influential and as good in this last decade as Eden Hazard. So far away. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't even think we need stats because the eye test for that is just gonna. Yeah, to be fair, my glasses are a bit cloudy today. David Silver's a wonderful <laughs> player, and he's in my team. But how? I don't. Under, I, I don't understand. Did you just forget about it? I did honestly just forget <laughs> because what we're using is BBC Sport and I, I'm not sure how high he was up these options. This is where Mike shows his he's he's, sixth on the attackers. Yeah, so what's happened is I've scored pass to go for Harry Kane um, and I think I've just had a bit of a, a brain fart there. He's, he's managed to f- find Sterling, he's a bit further down <laughs> yeah, the list. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, buddy. Oh, um, which okay. is interesting. Well, now I feel attacked. <laughs> you should be attacked for leaving off head and I um, The other change is, so, um, Yaya Torre is in Mike's team. Yeah. Do you want to talk through it, Mike? I just think, particularly the early years, <coughs> he pretty much powered City's yeah. midfield to a, a couple of titles. Yeah. Near enough on his own. Well, not on his own, but he pre- was was the powerhouse kind of what Kante is like, was like for Leicester that season yeah um, he did have that one fantastic season was it 13-14 I remember he got I remember, two, I remember a, a, a double against Crystal Palace yeah yeah that, that practically won the league yeah he was he was he was a phenomenal player and the reason he's not in mine is I had to yeah, I, I think I, I gave some serious thought to how high the people's highs were and Kevin De Bruyne has been in the league I think now for five years currently the best player consistently brilliant um, of the level of Yaya Torre powering on a team Yeah. Um, so I felt he had to be in and then I looked at it was a toss up between Torre and Silva because they and I think you, when you speak to a lot of Man City fans they seem to say that David Silva's their best ever player which is mad to me because I think Maguire's criminally underlooked by him but I think if you've got to have either Silva or Yaya Torre in, I feel that it has to be Silva. But I mean, it was pretty much yeah, picking two of the three that you just said: David yeah. Silva, Torre, and De Bruyne. I, yeah. I mean, I went for Torre. Yeah, and I can totally see. I mean, your team would play better than my team because Aguero would get fed up at standing there like big for me. Um. So, should we should we just quickly move on to team of the team of the world? I guess. I mean, yeah. the, I get no joy in this. Just let you know, and I'll I'll read off mine first. Uh, yeah, you're I've, probably best prepared for this. So. I've gone for the I've gone for the same formation of four three three. I've gone for Manuel Neuer in goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked, I don't think there's too much yeah, to think about. Debate on that. World Cup, that 
Bayern team were unbelievable yeah. as well. And, mm-hmm. and then um, I've gone for Dali Alves at right back, but I don't feel good about it. Um, I just had to remember how good he was for Juventus as well as Barcelona. Yeah, that was um, a really interesting transfer that he went to Juventus after, and he was still really good there. Yeah, well, he was. They got to the the finals with him. Yeah. Champions League um, and then the, the centre-halves are Ramos and Chiellini Ramos have to be in for his leadership of the win they win the four Champions Leagues um, yeah. also running it close PK um, yeah. but I just didn't oh. want to give it to PK because I feel like I've seen him have a couple of shots I'd have probably had PK in there personally oh, but, but well, over, over Ramos or no over, keep Ramos over Chiellini which is annoying because then it's a because I, yeah. I know who you're about to say for left back it's a back four of all Spanish league players yeah. <laughs> but I, I also thought we, I always thought Juventus has been such a dominant force over the last decade defensively and those yeah. Italian teams are that I wanted I had to have Benucci or Chiellini in he that. was just a wall I we think, do kind of forget that a little bit I think he was Chiellini, just a wall Chiellini's also in because he said um, he said that outrageously good quote about Tottenham <laughs> um, at left back it's Marcelo no debate there who, yeah I can't debate that at all I remember at the start of the decade thinking Marcelo oh god he looks terrible he can't defend and me and every time I watch yeah. him he just seems to be better and better he's unbelievable man. that um, game in the Bernabeu against PSG PSG he from, was from fantastic Hughes, unbelievably good everything went through him and Hazard that night um, oh, I did Hazard um, <laughs> Luka Modric Bandol yeah. winning Luka Modric I'd have him in as well former Tottenham player Luka Modric yeah I'm surprised you picked him yeah, to be it fair it really annoyed me Tony <laughs> Cruz um, fantastic at the World Cup that they won absolutely sensational brilliant mm-hmm. I really love Tony Cruz I think he's a Rolls Royce footballer um, yeah he's a really good player Iniesta's in there <coughs> yeah I think Iniesta's highs Iniesta was still good right until he left he wasn't yeah. as good but he starts off the se- he starts off the decade by winning the World Cup scoring and, the goal didn't he yeah, yeah scoring the goal that wins the World Cup wins um, two Champions Leagues countless La Ligas I think he's brilliant yeah he is a fantastic yeah. player at right wing <laughs> Is messy. I'm not going <laughs> to debate what. I, I, I can't, I'm not debating I'm any of you from. Bit, from bit surprised three. Raheem Sterling's <laughs> one. Someone, someone, someone's going. Oh, Mbappe. Oh God, don't oh, get me started. Up front, Ronaldo. Um, yeah. What player? What yeah. a man. Um, don't discredit it, but honourable mention for Luis Suarez. He shouldn't be in there over Cristiano Ronaldo, but he has been one of the best strikers. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm, I'm fine with that. Not wrong. Um, and then at left wing it's Neymar yeah. and I, t- I, I really struggled with who was put left wing and then I went back and I watched in preparation for the podcast I went back and watched Barcelona versus um, PSG oh man and oh, do you know we're going to get on to this do you know something about that game it's Neymar that yeah, does everything pretty much the ne- whole thing it's the, in it's that the game. crowning moment of Neymar as in a Barcelona shirt and then he goes and joins PSG and it's yeah. like it's, it's, the, it's the biggest like what if he just never that Barcelona left. team could have just won and won and won. I, yeah, I know that. I know that people are saying they got the wrong coach and they didn't. Yeah, but midfield play. But yeah, but Messi, Neymar, and Suarez as a front three. Yeah, yeah. MSN. unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Make it MSN popular again. Um, so that's my team. Uh, would you guys disagree? Other than the Chiellini, there's not you, much in there. Not, no, to be honest. Um, I mean, maybe an honourable mention for Gareth Bale, but I wouldn't put him in the starting level over anyone. Oh, he's there. missed too many games for me, Gareth Bale. Right. We'll get on to him later, though. I've got plays a bit of golf. Yeah, rate that. What a guy! Do I even more what golf. a chap! Um, more golf and football these days. So is that that's our team of the decade? Then? Yeah, I'm happy pretty much. Yeah, I'm um, doing a good job one. there. So let's 
let's while we're just giving out awards across everything, let's talk about manager of the decade because I've got a feeling we can combine the Premier League and the um, all comps one. Do you, anyone else? I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave who do you think it is? I've got a few. Well, other after mentions, after the Hazard debate we had, I'm not sure if I have any confidence to what I'm saying, but <laughs> I'm going to say Pep Guardiola. Uh, he's my number one choice. I do have three other names here, uh, which uh, I've got Chris Wilder. Yeah, Wilder's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Sean uh, Dyche. Sean Dyche and Ed, Eddie Howe are my other three. Right. I'm not having Eddie Howe in there. No, neither. I'm not even I. having him discussed in Manager of the Decade. Really? Yeah, no, really. I think he's done a fantastic job, but so why is he not one of the managers? Well, because I think you have to put into account that he's buying his players and he bought Dominic Solanke. And Jordan, yeah, I was going to get onto that on worst yeah. transfers actually. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Pep or Wilder or Dyche probably would be my top. I've three. got, I've got Pep. Pep's got to be number one. Yeah, I've got Pep. Um, second, I've got Jose Mourinho because okay. the first season wasn't it the first season of the decade where they won the treble as Inter. Yes, and then yeah, had one yeah. of the all-time great. Um, Real Madrid teams that, and then that Inter gra- team was incredible yeah it was incredible well he had three great teams in a row yeah Inter Mil- Inter and then he had Real then he had a very good Chelsea team yeah um, Jurgen Klopp's got to be a mention so, I think uh, he had a fantastic yeah one league double with Dortmund yeah, Champions that's League a great final um, perennial bottler in fact until they until not the bottom the bottom until they're going to win the Premier League, league. yeah um I'd want to put down Ranieri just because he won the league with Leicester, but obviously it was in the whole decade. I, I don't feel you can put him in there. Yeah, he's, he's not had a good time since. No. Yeah, which is a shame because he really, seems like a lovely bloke. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Um, so, why Pep? You, I think Breslin, of the people in the room, you love Pep the most, so do you want to... I just don't think you can look any further than, than Pep, to be honest. He's just won everything, apart from the Champions League with City, pretty much. Mm. Which, if he sticks around long enough, he will. You Whether, really think so? Yeah, I, I do think that team will can if he sticks around. If they have to change manager, I don't know if I. I just can't look past him. Yeah, for what he's won, basically. Oh, so it's, it's just winning. I, it's oh, well, I think he's a genius as well. But the way he's won. Yeah, I, lo- I love his style of football. It, they just play everyone off the park every week, apart from. Liverpool, who seem to have found a way to work and them out. Twice this season. And Wolves, for some <laughs> reason, Wolves. Darby Traore, what a legend. Yeah. What um, a hero. Dave, why Pat? Uh, Pat, obviously, Barca, Bayern, and Man City. It's people at Barca like to, when he was there, were like, oh, he's inherited this great team. He inherited not... the best player in the world. Well, yeah, but people were saying I that it was already laid things. out for him. Um, so people were skeptical when he's moved on. So very well at Bayern and now Man City. Um, and with Man City, his first season he did sort of struggle because of the, the squad. Yeah. But he's managed to turn that into one of the best squads in in Europe. So I can't, really can't look past him. Spending two hundred million on fullbacks—that's why. Yeah, it's yeah. the key. I, I think I think I think Pep Guardiola is a manager of the decade. Uh, I do think we're all a bit overblown in him because. He's, it's always been I just think very I, well look he's obviously the best manager of the decade the reason I don't think he is what some people say the best manager ever 
is that his Barcelona team was predicated on getting the greatest midfield has ever been he inherited I mean he promoted them and did things very well and Messi I think Messi was always going to be what Messi is that all conquering world destroying person he hired he inherited a treble winning team at Bayern Munich and made them worse and then he has created one of the greatest Premier League sides by spending 200 million on fullbacks I, I just think he's clearly incredible but if Mourinho hadn't had the second half of the decade he'd had yeah he's got a chance yeah. I think we're looking at a, we're, we've, I think we've gone the, you can't really talk about Pep without talking about Mourinho not yeah. really <laughs> and I'm looking at I'm looking at the teams in a who do, well I know Pep's beaten him more times but I think I don't know I don't, Pep's beaten most people more times yeah well I just it's it leaves me with a sanitary taste in my mouth basically lauding Pep when lauding Pep and criticising other managers for spending a lot of money if you know what I mean yeah but that's my piece on Pep I mean clearly I'm an idiot no I agree agree on most of your points I still just think there's something that Pep brings that no one else can (laughs) that may sound ridiculous no 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 I think you're right I think you're right Um, I don't think anyone else can would have made that City team what they were last season even this season to a point but that is that is to me the crowning achievement of Pep Guardiola's decade is that that first City team set unbelievable standards oh my god and then they maintained them for a season well they bettered them well no they didn't better them but no they made they they were unbelievable um (laughs) let's let's move on from me hating Pep (laughs) um and thank you for not mentioning Maurizio Pochettino because I would have I would have gone through the roof I could not have done (laughs) Um, no do you want to talk about so moment much. of the decade or do you want to talk about goal of the decade I feel like goal of the decade alright David Harris take it away well I've got a few obviously tell yeah. us your top one and then you can give an okay, mention so the is this all competitions or just Prem just Premier League just Premier League at this point obviously the Aguero goal mm-hmm. is iconic everyone knows that goal um gonna have to put down Czech Toyota with his 4-4 volley yep uh, Van Persie's volley as well against Aston Villa um, but one one that you'll probably be more a fan of I, I hope Will is Wilshire's goal against Norwich yeah that's a good goal that was just an excellent <coughs> excellent goal that's that's my pick oh yours you, uh, your pick's Wilshire yeah Wilshire against Norwich okay mine's Aguero versus QPR I think it's the best goal in Premier League history not in terms of the quality of the strike but in terms of what it means yeah because you think about it you think it didn't it, it's the most story storybook goal there's ever been because it was the crowning of a new team yeah um, and they won the title in the most dramatic way and you'll never see anything like it again <laughs> um, but, he, was, he was right we never will see anything like that again but written down in my notes I've got Wilshire versus Norwich because in terms of sheer technical ability that I still that watch that goal and I still can't believe I can't that yeah, they, they scored that goal, goal. I want to I want to honourable mention to Kasami's yeah because I, yes. I think about that goal every now and then that one is so underrated and the, the um, when I think it was Monday Night Football did this <laughs> they were looking through him and they just totally ignored it and I thought well, no Carragher said we can't give it to Kasami no one knows who he is or oh, is that, that what he said well that's not a reason to not give him goal though. no um, none of Fujiru flick against Crystal Palace we were won talking about this earlier weren't we yeah. Dave there's one you know I don't like that goal 
There's one I just had to double check for being in the why. decade. Um, Peter Crouch scored an unbelievable volley for against Stoke. Man City for Stoke. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Uh, the Giroud one is an outrageous goal. I, I tell you, I don't like it. Is it? Because it's, it's a bad true. cross. <laughs> It's the cross is behind it's a, him. It's a bad cross, and it, I know it's. That's why it's such a good goal, though. Well, that makes the purity of the strike better. But for me, the goal involves how they got there. That's why I love the Aguero one so much because it was Balotelli's only ever assist in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> like Balotelli didn't in that moment just something hit him, and he's like, "Oh, I better pass this." Um, yeah, I can't. I can't believe he passed that actually. Yeah. Um, quickly, Still goal of goal of the decade in in everything, I guess. Shall I tell you mine? Yeah, you uh, go ahead. Messi versus Real Madrid. Yeah. Champions League semi-final, I think. You know the one where he sort of goes past them all. He goes past them. He was yeah. so young. I watched that earlier God, in preparation he's, for he's this. He's a player. Uh, I've got a couple of mentions. Uh, Gareth Bale's goal in the Copa del Rey, where he runs off the pitch. <sighs> but mostly Bale... <laughs> His Champions League yeah, final yeah, goal against Liverpool. It. Yeah. Um, that unbelievable bicycle kick. Gertz's World Cup winner just for what it meant. I don't know how that one. Okay, this is <laughs> no, 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 what Europe. Will likes Sorry, sorry. It's, I mean, it's, it's your opinion, but that goal I remember really annoying. Um, and Van Persie's header in the World Cup group stage. What a what an unbelievable technique that was. Yeah, fantastic. Psychonic for me. Yeah, that, that was some goal. Yeah, I've got the Messi one and the Bale one. Yeah. My other one, which is a bit of a rogue one, don't know how many people remember it. Uh, Mexes against Andalus. Yes. yes, that is uh, an unbelievable. That's goal. Like, the do, technique. You, do you remember Zlatan's goal versus England? Yeah, the Mexes one is a better version of that. Yeah, I, I genuinely think that is. That must be one of the goals in the decade. Because it's Mexes, no one cares. Yeah, yeah that is that is God. so true. Justice for Mexes. What is, is what no, we're starting here? Sweet Mexes. But yeah, I thought I'd mention that one. Um, what about your match of the decade in the Premier League well, what have you got for this alright ok um, I've got a couple do you want to go first then Bryce we'll see which yeah ones. I can go first um, one that gets forgotten about a little bit is uh, Norwich 4 Liverpool 5 in 2016 I remember that one yeah I'm sure you do the encyclopaedia over there <laughs> Uh, where Norwich equalised in the 92nd minute and it was absolute carnage and then Liverpool won it in the 95th was it Lallana scored Lallana yeah okay. so that was a pretty good one obviously City QPR yeah. to mm-hmm. win the league yep. you can't look too much further than that and then, you know what? I haven't got that one I'm sure it will be mentioned the Newcastle Arsenal 4-4 Tiote's mm-hmm. goal that yeah. I was talking about earlier uh-huh. that those are probably my main three maybe City winning 6-1 at Old Trafford but that really pains me to have to bring that up Dave what, what have you got I have one game uh, that Mike hasn't mentioned and for me it was Tottenham Chelsea 2-2 right just which confirmed Leicester winning the just because of the oh, I remember that actually, yeah. Um when that goal went in that and we were bridge. watching it yeah. and just yeah that that one for me was, was a pretty big game so I can't believe I missed that I've got a different one and it's it is might, it a game where Hazard scored a hat trick? There's, there's a couple of <laughs> I've actually got a couple of them. Um, I have I've got Arsenal versus Newcastle four four. Mm-hmm. I've got Arsenal versus Liverpool four four. Was that this decade with Arsenal? Oh no, it wasn't. Was it? That's why I've left it out. Yeah, that's why. I, uh, I think it's 09 No, fair enough. You're right. I get that. I think. 
Um, and then the other ones, I'm I've got. It. I've got no. It's it's oh, it's got to be oh nine. Yeah, it's got to be because you're like wearing that kit. Ah, um, I've yeah. got Chelsea. Eight, 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 two, nine, I've got yeah. Chelsea versus Spurs two two, which yeah. I think is one of my favourite games ever. And then I've got, I've got. I don't know if you two remember this game. And this is again, this is my bias for a club. Right. But the team, I sort of was thinking, what are the best like in terms of quality football, like defence, attacking, counter attacking, um, goalkeeping. And have a bit of drama and everything in it. And the game that first came to my head is we, when we had Conte and we were winning the league, we rocked up at Manchester City in Pep Guardiola's first season and we beat them 3 1, right? Sheer counter attacking brilliance from Chelsea, sheer footballing brilliance from Man City. And it remains to this day the best centre forward performance I've seen in the Premier League this decade because Diego Costa in that, he just bullies them. He bullies Otamendi. He bullies everyone that's on the pitch. He's just like spitting. He's nasty. <laughs> it ends. It, it, it ends. It ends, in a, it ends in a melee. Two people get sent off. Fernandinho has a get sent off for scrapping. Okay, someone. I remember. That. I remember. Aguero this. tries to kill David Luiz again because he spent the whole decade doing that. Nathaniel <laughs> Chalobah pushes a bloke over. Costa runs from the stands for a scrap. Hazard scores. It's perfect. It's a brilliant game, <laughs> and if it, I think it's probably one of the uh, one of the games I'd watch back from this decade for the first time. However, it's not my winner. My winner is Manchester City two Liverpool one from last season. I think it's at the Etihad. What was that? Eleven millimeters or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It has it has literally everything. It's got two of the best teams we've seen in the Premier League in the decade. It's got a title race which every point means something. It's yeah. got. Great players, great play. I think it's the most high-level game we've had in the Premier League. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah, I'm, um, I'd agree with you now. However, in terms of drama, is it's not quite on the level of Arsenal. <laughs> Capitulated. <laughs> I mean, one game that we haven't mentioned is the Man City-Man United game where Rooney scored the bicycle kick. That's because it's a terrible goal. Cross the yeah, flex and he yeah. Just it. quickly, on the BBC... Or Sky website, they uh, have a poll for goal, goal of the decade. Thirty-seven percent picked Rooney, and that, as you know, just it's, said, it's, if he hadn't have shinned it, it probably was goal of the decade. Yeah, it's the most iconic goal of the decade. Yeah, well, yeah. no, the Aguero one for me is the most iconic. Yeah, goal of the Rudy's a close second, but um, with our friend Henry, who's a Man City fan, so of course he's got opinions about this. He honestly made the most excellent point. He's like, "Well, Manny's cross deflects." Which means that company can't deal with it, which fair enough, and then he shins it. Yeah. So it's like for me, it has two. As I said earlier, I like it's it's perfectionism at its finest. But I feel yeah, but like that's what the, we're looking for. The cross, the strike. They have there has to be a purity to them for me for a goal like that. Yeah. But anyway, we're back talking about goal of the decade. But any um, so match of the decade. Pick one. I've picked my pick one. one. I'm just going to have to go with the Man City QPR because I remember mm-hmm. watching that and yeah it was a bit of a roller coaster to say the least mm-hmm. I'll take Norwich Liverpool nine goals <laughs> two in added time I'll take that right um, match of a decade in every competition yeah I've got I know what mine is I've got Germany 7 Brazil 1 I've got Germany 7 Brazil 1 do you want to talk about that first just the fact that that Brazil team had so much hope. They looked, they looked pretty good, and it was like Neymar, the golden boy, has injured. Taught, injured, that game, yeah. Famously. 
Well, there we go. The, the memory's <laughs> not what it used to be. Um, but I just remember being shocked at how well Germany played and how they just totally took apart this Brazil team. Yeah. You just couldn't believe what you were watching, could you? It's yeah. And ruthless efficiency. Yeah. yeah. That was t- just German efficiency at its best. Remember the guy that had the World Cup trophy, the Brazil fan that they always pan to, and yeah. him just being in floods of tears yeah. during that game. I mean, um, and it was like Brazil just watched their World Cup hopes just shatter in the American in front, and yeah, in front of everyone. Yeah, I mean, I watched it with I watched it with my dad, and my dad was because I think I think it's probably slightly different for us a lot because. The first world, I don't know about you, but Brazil have never been in our lifetime. I mean, they've won a World Cup in um, 2002. I remember yeah, 2002. We I, we I was seven. I don't remember that. Brazil, for me, I've always thought, oh, they're a good side. I've never, I've never thought of them as this all-conquering force. I think other which generations have, yeah. which is why when I watched it with my dad, it was so interesting because he's going, he's looking at it, going, oh, this is Brazil in Brazil. Like they're getting yeah. destroyed, and it wasn't like the Germans were. Like the Germans didn't stop. I remember they were like, I mean, they were passing it past the keeper to each other and just slotting home. Yeah. Andre Schürrle got two goals. It was unbelievable. It, for me, it's like the it's the most like drama and result of the decade. But you've probably got another one. Yeah, my my one just because of I can literally remember where I was, who I was with at the time, was the Barca PSG even though it was only the last 16 of the Champions League, so not quite a World Cup. Mm. So I think they were, was it 4-0 down? Yeah, 4-0 down from the first leg, Barcelona were. They got demolished in Paris. Back to Barca. They they go 3-0 up, so they're they're on their way. And then the away goal from Cavani, so 3-1, it's over. They can't get back into this now with the away goal. And then they score... 88, 90 plus 1 and 90 plus 5 and oh my god it was Sergio Roberto yeah Sergio Roberto Neymar got the two before that and I think assisted Sergio Roberto's mm-hmm. winner I just dodgy officiating <laughs> really dodgy officiating like you I know we said we wouldn't talk about it. you want to talk about a game that needed VAR <laughs> that was no, a game no. that needed VAR that would have ruined it that would have <laughs> ruined it and just because I, I reacted exactly how you've probably all seen the videos of the BT Sports yeah. Studio Lineker yeah. Ferdinand that is exactly what Crazy. I was like just going wild and I don't even support either of those teams and it was mad I mean I actively want Barcelona to lose every game they ever play <laughs> um, but even I was going mad for that game that was incredible yeah um, to be honest for me I don't think there's another game other than those two that even, even comes close to it I mean the only other one I can think of was Liverpool Barca last year maybe either that or Spurs at Ajax coming back from Spurs at Ajax because that Lucas Moura wow one of the wow. worst one of the worst moments of my life yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie that was I mean that was something else to come back from what 3-0 down including an away goal yeah at, in Ajax or 2-0 down on the night as well Worst game of the decade, Spurs-Liverpool Champions League final, for two reasons. One, because it's Spurs in the Champions League final. And (laughs) two, for dreadful. It was a terrible game, wasn't it? But, um, joking apart, let's talk about the club of the decade. Now, for this one, it it can be whatever. It can be the team that's won the most. It can be the team that has made the biggest jump. 
I'm going to go first, and okay. I'm going to talk about Premier League clubs first. Mm-hmm. And the club for me, and it's a real, it's a real toss up because I wanted to do Man City or Chelsea. It's Leicester City because Leicester it has City, to be. smack yeah. bang in the middle of this decade, pulled off the greatest sporting achievement I think we've ever seen. And I was living in Leicester at the time, and I've never felt an energy in a place like when Leicester were going to win the title. We were once, once Chelsea, we were in a pub watching Chelsea smash Tottenham, two <laughs> two. It was a smash, though. Um, and uh, we just left left the pub, got in our mate's car, and just drove around the city, and it was people honking the horns. It was going mad. And they were just, they were an unbelievable team full of three great Premier League players. Who probably one of them's in the team of the decade, but the other two are unlucky to miss out. Yeah. Vardy and Marquez. Oh, it is so unfortunate for Vardy. It's such yeah. a story though because you look at that team, you're like, they almost got relegated the year before. Um, Nigel Pearson, the ostrich farmer himself, he pulled them back from the brink of oblivion. Yeah, he did. I think the only team they lost to in, like for ages was that was that Chelsea team that won the league. And then the next season, they just come out and Jamie Vardy can't stop scoring. He's from Fleetwood Town. He's drinking ridiculous things the night before the game. They've got Claudio Ranieri, who always gets in his way when he's managing. They've got this dynamo in midfield. They've got this winger with unbelievable trickery. They've made Wes Morgan look a good player. It was incredible. Yeah, imagine. It was incredible. Mm. But the reason I think they are the club of the decade is, on top of that, is... They were in the championship at the start, weren't they? They were in a championship club. They were in League One at one point. Were they in League One at the start? And now you look at them and you think they're going to get Champions League this year as well. Because some clubs clubs climb high and then fall back down. For Leicester, it's been a climb high, a brief fall back down. But they're looking to establish themselves as a top four club. That's why they're club of the decade for me. Yeah. I I can go with that. um, My one's a more broad one, which is Real Madrid. Yeah, Real Madrid's my overall club. Yes, yeah, so I don't uh, think you can get I'm, Yeah, I'm not sure if you can argue with that. Um, <clears throat> was it four Champions Leagues in the decade, three in a row, something yeah. like that? Uh, a La Liga I, as well. And a La Liga. It's a shame they don't do as well in yeah, La Liga. Le- but Leicester are actually in League One, 08, 09, but they were still a pretty struggling championship team at the start of the decade. That is amazing. That is incredible. It's incredible. They're so in, what, seven seasons? League One champions to Premier League champions to Champions League. Well, now they're yeah. now they're second or third. <laughs> yeah, they're they're, a, they're an unbelievable club. I they're think. still second as we talk right now. I think City yeah. are a point behind them now. I mean, they've, uh, you think about what they've gone through as well. They've gone through unspeakable tragedy like yeah, last man. year and everything. Yeah. Like they're um they're really like I think the best story of the decade. Easy. Yeah, everyone I'd you agree. can't dislike them, can you? You just can't. Oh well, do you, I think. Certain clubs in the Midlands. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyone want to make the case for Man City or Chelsea? I'd, I'd say with Man City, obviously they've won four four leagues this decade. Um, so possibly, if you're looking at paper, maybe the best on paper domestically. Yeah. Um, however, for me, I'm much more of a fan of Leicester just for the story and how far they've come as a club yeah. Uh, but yeah I can definitely see why people would put City forward and with their record points total um, and the fact that they just had two unbelievable seasons on the yeah. bounce yeah. they've had the best teams of the decade but with, as you say with, this is club of the decade yeah. and the, the only way to look at that is where Leicester have come from they won the league 5,000 to 1 when they probably should have been fighting relegation that yep. season. What a team. So, what a player. 
N'Golo Kante. As much as I'd like to make a case elsewhere, I, it's, I, mean, I really can't. There's one honourable mention that I will make, mm-hmm. uh, which is Bournemouth. Just because Eddie Howe, when mm-hmm. he was there, yeah, just about kept them in League Two, and he's managed to establish them as a Premier League team. Are they going down this season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think really the same. Cool. Um, I think I'm leaning that way. It's a new thing for me, but I am leaning that Bournemouth go down. Um, let's move on to the worst Premier League signing of the decade. And um, we'll just keep this Premier League. Um, who's Michael Bradson? Who's your worst Premier League signing of the decade? I've got a few that we can discuss here. Okay. Um, I haven't got some of the values though, which is a bit annoying. It doesn't really matter. I'm talking. We're talking about if you know the value, that's fine. But let's just. Uh, Markovic to Liverpool. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Mangala to City. Oh god, he was terrible. Mm-hmm. He's just done nothing. Sanchez to United, which yeah. is probably the worst. That's my one. That's probably the worst. Soldado to Spurs, which Ooh, should yeah. have been good. He, he, Spurs, he was just though. terrible. <laughs> and uh, a bit more of a rogue one, Solanke to Bournemouth, which I think we brought mm. up earlier. That was yeah. something like 20 yeah. million. Really yeah. bad. Really and maybe bad. even a contender that last summer, Iwobi to Everton for 40. It's yeah. a lot of money, but maybe I really just dislike Iwobi. But I that think it's horrible value. Iwobi's been okay. I know forty million's a lot of money, but we're talking about a new market as well. True, um, and he's English. Is he Dave? English? Yeah, I've got Nigerian. quite Nigerian. a few <laughs> to be honest. Um, some that Mike's mentioned. Also, Vincent Janssen at Spurs, another player they paid quite a lot for, yeah. and he was god awful. Yeah. Um, Ricky Van Wolfswinkel uh, and Alvaro Negredo for Norwich and Middlesbrough respectively they paid a lot of money for those strikers with the I mean Negredo did score more than the one goal that Van Wolfswinkel managed um, but they spent pretty much their entire budget and a lot of money for them at the time in wages strikers and the premise of them keeping them up and neither of them delivered um, Jordan Ibe as well for Bournemouth to be honest Another one, not not as bad as Solanke, but still not a good signing. Get Eddie Howard technical director. Um, and also, I'm gonna have to say Di Maria at Man United, just because they. I feel he's one of those players that he was never a bad player, but he never seemed to take off at Man United. And when you look how well he's done at everyone else in this decade, it. Mike's it was that, bad. Yeah, he, it was bad. He was he was there for a season. He 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 played well statistically. I know he people don't. Know. They got the top four and then they sold him for a decent amount of wedge. Yeah, it's not too bad. But it was yeah. Um, he he played poorly, but it there's another as one, an overall basis, it wasn't too bad. Again, it's another one where did he not get enough time? Memphis Depay really wasn't great. Yeah, um, yeah. Now he's very very good. Well, he's yeah. playing in the French league. Every er, until I've seen Shamak do things there. Yeah, until until we've seen him in a proper league because there are some really good players there. Like Kante obviously came from there, but I think until you see him properly, um, I had Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that has got to be the worst. He one. was he was dreadful. He was supposed to that that promo video I hated as well. Yeah, and he's playing the piano horrible. not well. Um, I'm still convinced that Pep only pretended to be interested in Sanchez to make Man U get him. Yeah. Very much like but, this summer with people pretending to be interested in Pepe, for who's gone to Arsenal. I think people. Well, I would put Pepe. down as worth signing, but I no, can't I mean, judge him half season in. Um, thank you for not mentioning Fernando Torres, uh, because that Fer- was really bad as well. Fernando Torres was bad, but 
he scored some very important goals. He, we looked, uh, we looked, at, we had an argument actually a long time ago about who was worth signing, uh, Sanchez or Torres. Yeah. Um, and my point solely with Torres is he scored goals in cup finals. He won. Well, he scored that one in the new camp as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that later. I'm sure we will. Actually, actually, let's do it now. Let's talk about moment of the decade. Now, this can be a goal. It can be someone lifting a trophy. It can be anything. Um, I have again have Aguero. Yeah, I've got that obviously. QPR, but I've also got Torres in the new camp because Torres in the new camp again for the storyline. I've got a very obscure one, uh, probably for the masses. Uh, written here is Oberfemi Martins in caps <laughs> with about 10 exclamation marks just because Birmingham City actually won a trophy and it wasn't the Johnston Paint trophy against someone like Yeovil it was actually the Carlin Cup against Arsenal one of my, so that one, is one of my moments of the decade for sure one of the best parts of that goal is, is the slap the slap on the head I think it was Barry Ferguson I'm sure he wasn't it as well yeah, yeah just Amazing. slapped him around the face fantastic um, yeah, my moment, yeah, probably is Aguero, which is really horrible to say as a United fan. So I'm going to come up with something else. Uh, also, <laughs> you can have Torres. Leicester, when they actually lifted the trophy, um, that oh, was that, a pretty. The Hazard goal against Spurs. Yeah, uh, yeah, just that, 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 the scenes of the pub. Yeah, just myself, it was weird. Even now, sometimes when I think of Leicester winning that season, it still feels like it wasn't real. Um, and see them lifting the trophy, that was definitely an iconic moment for myself. So we got off track to talk about moment of the decade. Who's the best Premier League signing of the decade? Now, this is where I think maybe you take into account value, value values. and A couple of minor value ones. Yeah. Okay, um, I know which one mine is, so I'll let the rest of you go first. I imagine you'll mention him. Mine, you see, mine isn't necessarily signing of the decade, but when you put into account how well he's done, how much he cost, I'm going to have to say Roberto Firmino. Just, he was 29 million. Dominic Solanke was 19 million. Um, Firmino's been very important for them. He, he was also bad for a long time yeah not a long time but, but he was bad for but a now season. when you look at him now he's part of one of the best front threes in the Premier League if yes. not Europe yes yeah um, and he's a pivotal member of that three of course so I'm going to have to put him forward as one of them one of them or the one not the one um, okay. what is the one then? yeah what's the one what's your Premier League signing you see you've got to look at value and yep yep there's a couple you see, my thing is with a couple of these mentions is how technical we're going to get on it. I'd love to say Jamie Vardy. However, Leicester signed him when they are in the Championship. So, are we allowing that? No. No, I thought not. Which brings me on to Kante, who they signed for the Premier 5. League. 5.6 million. Yeah, unbelievable yeah. Uh, deal. I think you can have Kante twice, to be honest. Yeah, to be <laughs> honest, he's been great he for Chelsea too. 32 Yeah, wow. which is outrageous. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, he was only at Leicester for a season though helped them win the league but he was only there for a season yeah, yeah so this says it was 8 million they've gotten for which means they made twenty. they won the league and made 24 million profit on him in uh-huh. a season they, uh-huh. that's not it's not to be sniffed at no not at all apart from a couple that I'm about to mention <laughs> <laughs> go on then Brez. Uh Coutinho yes how much did they pay for him was 7 like million 7 or 8 million 
seven million and sold him for what 148 something like that so they made what 140 million profit imagine what they'd have got for him if he was good <laughs> <laughs> so that that's got to be if you're talking about if we're buying and selling probably that yeah uh Maguire to Leicester oh I was worried when you were claiming that no, not that, to Man no, no, Maguire that's to good. Leicester yeah, that's good. It was good I think they bought him for about 15 million off the top also, of my head. Do that with Andy Robertson as well. And Robertson as well. Yeah, I exactly have... the same. Yeah. Um, so they made in two seasons sixty-five million off Maguire. Um, one for just free transfer. Christian Fuchs at Leicester came in from I think it was Schalke on a yeah, free. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and was, was pivotal at, at left back and winning them the league. So put him down too. Uh, and the other one I've got here is Aguero. Admittedly, yeah. he costs a lot, but 35 million in okay. 2011. But are you ready for some biased takes? Right. Here it comes. The first one is Gary Cahill for seven million. No, to be fair, that Gary Cahill then yeah. won two Premier Leagues, an FA Cup, Champions League, Euro- and a Europa League. In fact, I think technically two Europa Leagues. God, how did he get that sort of honours list? Seven million. Now, the only player I think I'm going to say it, and I would have said it anyway. I think Aspilicueta is the Premier League signing of the decade because he was bought for eight million. He still plays now, captain of the club. You get eight out of ten from him every week over his prime. I don't think you get that anymore. I think he's going to be phased out. I think we're seeing his legs are starting to go over the thing. But I still think he's a superb one v one defender. Um, I wish he was better at crossing. Dear God, I wish he was better at crossing. <laughs> but he played out of position at left back um, and won a title. I think for me, when I think about Aspinacquera, I think about you remember when Gareth Bale was in his last season in Premier League. Yeah. Tottenham Hotspur turned up to Chelsea and everyone's like oh what's he going to do Aspilicueta shut him down so badly that he had to switch over to try his luck against Ashley Cole who's the best left back yeah, to, ever do, was... to ever do it in my opinion yeah. I think that says everything you need to know but I'm happy with whatever but for me Aspilicueta uh, I'm also going to have to say Luis Suarez especially he was 22 million uh, they obviously sold him for 65 and in that same window they bought Andy Carroll for 35 which makes it look even more of a bargain <laughs> I can't uh, if I'm picking one I'm, I'm going Coutinho by the way yeah just, just for return. sheer return and he was a good player for him while he was there he didn't win anything well ne- neither did he that did, Liverpool he did, team he did, he did win something actually didn't he he might have won something I'm gonna have he win Cup against Cardiff <laughs> was he there then <laughs> no I think that's before his time I'm gonna have I'm to gonna say, claim it just so I can. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say Kante just because what he's done at Leicester and Chelsea. Okay, so now let's get silly. Let's get stupid. This is the John O'Shea Memorial Award. Oh. Now let me explain the John O'Shea Memorial Award and why Azpilicueta doesn't qualify for it. Is the John O'Shea Memorial Award is for the player who gives you seven out of ten every week, unsung hero in your team, never and always gets overlooked. So like for Asper for example, when Gary Neville and um, Jamie Carragher started singing his praises on Monday Night Football every week, he disqualifies out fighting from the John O'Shea Memorial Award. Uh, um, mine's James that means, Milner. That means one of my picks. I yeah, remember. I have one. Uh, he has started to get more credit, uh-huh. but Jordan Henderson... Yeah, that was mine. He not, started getting more credit yeah, as well. He's, obviously, it's easier to talk about your Salas and your Mane's, but mm-hmm. Henderson every week in that Liverpool team mm-hmm. uh, is giving you 7 out of 10 it's very consistent and when he first came into the team 
he was next to Gerard, um, and he was. Uh, sorry. Make him look better. Then. He needed it at that time. But <laughs> yeah, he's he absolutely grown, grown did. into an unbelievable, unfortunately, an unbelievable. One of the best true pro. captains in the league. Yeah. I would say so. Um, yeah, Milner obviously would be up there. Milner's as well. won everything he's won at Liverpool, and he was brilliant for half the decade at City. The City yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah, so, he is a very strong one. Uh, the other one, I don't know whether he qualifies, but Ivanovic. You see, Branislav Ivanovic does qualify for the John O'Shea Memorial Award. However, I'd have him in the 2015-16. Branislav Ivanovic is the worst right back I've ever seen. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll give him the first half then. Do you know, I saw Branislav Ivanovic's last game, which was against Brentford in the FA Cup, and he scored a goal, and he didn't come over to celebrate against the fan for the fans, and the bloke next to me was really upset. He's like, he's like it's his last game, why won't he celebrate with the fans? I was like, well, right, bro, relax. <laughs> he's Serbian, that's not how he rolls. Um, anyone else for the John O'Shea Memorial Award? John O'Shea himself? Terrible at Sunderland. What a hero. <laughs> he was good on the documentary, it was decent value on the... Uh... Documentary. Yeah, I've not seen it. Is it good? I wouldn't say it's. it's uh, the city one's better. The city one's I better. I mean, the Sunderland one's just weird because it's more witnessing just oh. the pitch in the back room rather than training and stuff that you get with City. It was pretty cool seeing the a bit of behind the scenes with the transfers that they were trying to get through. Yeah. But the and the Leeds one that just on a side note. It was mad seeing how close Dan James was to signing. Yeah, I mean with Leeds, and then the summer after sign with United. Do you have to put a bucket on the floor so you can watch Leeds? No, yeah, I'd be thrown up. All yeah, the time. pretty horrible. I mean, scenes. with the Man City one, um, no, sorry, the Sunderland one. Um, I never thought I'd watch something and go, God, I wonder how different it could have been if they'd signed Ross McCormack on a deadline day. God, that underrated newspaper story of the deadline is uh, Steve Bruce hopping the fence at Ross McCormack's house. Do you remember, yes. do you remember that halfway thing? Yeah. Um, the next one is the Carly Boularoos Memorial out. Award, um, and the reason this is Carly Boularoos is because for some reason at Chelsea he was given a number num- number nine shirt, um, and this is for gaff of the decade slash sort of like worst unveiling because clubs like to oh, do these God. unveilings now I just thought yeah. of a good unveiling actually so the worst unveiling is absolutely Paulinho at Barcelona where he can't even do keepy yeah the keepy and yeah. he's just trying to get it going for a very long amount very long time um, and in terms of the numbers Wilfred Bonny I was like oh he's going back to Swansea come on and I was Wilfred Bonny <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe Bonnie's going to, you know, resurrect, Swansea will be okay. And then, then he unveiled number two and suddenly I didn't care anymore. I've never been more angry than when I saw Wilfred Bonnie ever up the two shirt. It's just not right. Is it? It's, <laughs> it's not just right wrong. Steve Sidwell, number nine. That was last decade, but there you are. That is shocking. That's, that deserves a I, mention. I have a number where I totally understand it, but it annoys me seeing it on a goalkeeper. Obviously, Wolves retired Carl Lakimi's number one. But they gave Rui Patricio 11, and it does annoy me a little bit. Oh, I should be retired because all gowns for Didier Dropper anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a strange way of saying Stan Lazaridis. Brez! <laughs> Stan Lazaridis. Uh, my one's more of a gaff, which is uh, Van Hal's dive on the touchline at Old Trafford. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that, that is fantastic. Great. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I was just thinking about the unveilings, and Paulinho was the one that sprang to mind. Another that was horrible. Gaff of the decade, just for the hilarity. I don't really like him. Alan Pardew's dance in the FA Cup final for them to then go on to lose is just brilliant. 
it's gold. It's Just inject it into my veins. It's perfect, Pardew. <laughs> um, next award, uh, the Josie Mourinho line of the decade, which is the best thing Josie Mourinho said this decade. Here's a couple of ones for you. Um, three Premier League titles. That, this rest, is my favourite. Rest of the managers combined, two. And you know he's been sat on that line for weeks. <laughs> that was my favourite. Um, I can't remember if he said it this decade for the first time. He definitely repeated it when he goes, the dogs may bark, but the caravan goes up. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of my favourites is his rant about football editage. <laughs> Editage. That was one of my favourites. Costa Crimes, that's another classic for radio. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, then the absolute great, the, one of the best ones is when he's talking about in the 13 14 season and they're asking him, can Chelsea compete? He says, he said, the other two teams he's talking about, Liverpool and Manchester City, he's like, they're big horses. We're the little horse. <laughs> we can't quite keep up. And I just loved it. Um, but no, I mean, is there another manager who's been so quotable this decade? Uh, no. Pep no. he says he doesn't want to tackle. God, what a fraud. I, I don't think you can beat Mourinho for quotable. Yeah. The happy one. Uh, How much does it hurt that he's gone to Spurs? Oh, it hurts so much. I mean, there's a Roy Actually, Hodgson. There's a Roy Hodgson that I love. Where is it when he, he put Kane on the corners against Iceland? Ugh. No, it was where he was at West Brom and he got very frustrated with a uh, yes. line of questioning. Yes. Not sure if we're going to say yeah, it. Yeah, don't say it. No. <laughs> Go and look it up. Search Roy Hodgson anti-angry interview. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, where are we going next? Should we talk about um, the Andy Townsend Memorial Award? Oh, so, yeah. if you don't know, this podcast is named the In and Around podcast after Andy Townsend and just the wonderful punditry he did um, where he literally every day someone was losing and he was watching a game he'd say I think they need to get in and around Drogba more that was what he always used to say I think, I think Lampard needs to get in and around Drogba more I'm like Lampard's practically playing at striker Andy um, this is for the best pundit of the decade pretty I've, I'm hoping this is pretty easy for us all Karen um, Carney no it, it's close in sounds it's Gary Neville <laughs> <laughs> How good's Gary Neville? Yeah, I've got Neville as well. He's just exceptional. And he remains pretty neutral. Mm. I would put Carragher, but Carragher still gets very passionate I think about Carragher, Liverpool. I think Carragher's really good. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot better. He was dreadful yeah, he was he dreadful. I think he's... I don't I don't like him as a colour commentator, but I do like him on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Whereas he Gary, is awful at commentary. Yeah, whereas Gary Neville's superb at both. Gary Neville is, I think... I'm so glad that Barcelona beat them when he was at Valencia so badly they had to sack him because I could not imagine <laughs> got him back. watching football without Gary Neville being there it's it's boring and it's horrible and actually he's like he's, he's impassioned talk about racism the other week and he had to yeah. the Chelsea Spurs game he just gets it he just gets what he says what we're all thinking about. yeah pretty yeah. much yeah, spot. He was spot on at that. It was a shame that Sky Sports had to interrupt that, really. But we won't get onto that. But I mean, I suppose this is a question. Do you think he's harsh enough on Man United now? Solskjaer's in charge. Uh, I feel he's not as harsh as he was. No. But well, he played. It must. Solskjaer, it must be hard. So... It must be hard for him. Yeah. yeah. I, I understand. If there is a bit of that, because it is a criticism that's levelled at him. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that is pr- probably fair. 
that he is slightly less harsh, but he has been pretty harsh, more on the players than Ollie, I would say, which is where I'm, well, yeah. I mean, the players are rubbish, so. <laughs> <laughs> Honourable mention um, for the brief year where it was glorious, where Frank Lampard was doing commentary for BT Sport, and he was like, he walked into a room with Rio and Gerard, and Rio was over in the corner clapping his hands together making a lot of noise and he, Lampard was just like well no Rio he's played the ball down the channel <laughs> it was superb but um, worst pundit of the decade um, I know Carney <laughs> <laughs> no uh, Steve McManaman is up there but Michael Owen has to take the no 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 Chris no. Sutton oh but Michael he's just Owen... out for the Russell every time that's the all thing, he does the thing with Michael Owen is I Remember, it was one of Brendan Rodgers' last uh, games in charge for Liverpool. It was a 1-1 against FC Sion. Sion, And Liverpool scored a goal where he literally didn't name the players' names in his commentary. It was just, it's a pass, it's a shot, it's a goal. Liverpool 1-0. And I was like, I'm pretty sure anyone playing FIFA could do better than this. Um, Um, So yeah, Michael Owen for me is the worst. Chris Sutton said that Celtic's reserves are bigger than Leicester City Football Club after they win the Premier League. There you are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is I mean, yeah. just a ludicrous statement. And um, I actually do want to give a quick shout out to Robbie Savage for the work he's yeah. done this decade while lodged up Gareth Bale's backside. <laughs> um, I've got the Martin Tyler Memorial Award, and then none of these people are dead, but um, <laughs> this is for the best, best piece of commentary this decade. Uh, Martial's first goal no Martial's goal against Arsenal Liverpool, Liverpool. is what you mean and I, I just can't believe I can't started believe there. the best why is this called the Martin Tyler Award it's because of the, the Aguero goal yeah. yeah the Aguero goal is obviously the winner but I thought let's try and throw in another another mention obviously I shouldn't have <laughs> <laughs> well you got the wrong game yeah, yeah um, to be fair I failed that I've got Tyler Aguero versus QPR. Yeah, that's the obvious one. And then an honourable mention. It's not second for me is Tyler versus and it, Tyler for Drogba's goal against um, Bayern, where he goes, they pulled the rabbit out of the hat again. And then Peter Drury, Manolas, the Greek god in Rome. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, in fact, anything Peter Drury did. Was it da- was it Darren Fletcher who I don't usually enjoy on the Spurs Ajax game? Yeah, it was because that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. No, it was, was That was pretty good. I'm gonna throw out Gary Neville Torres in the new camp, yeah. just yeah. because it's funny. But that's that's a mo that's a great mode that is terrible comedy. Yeah, it's if you look at him, more noises like that on his recent Qatar documentary. He's on on the oh. back of a camel, <laughs> and he makes similar noises on the back of the camel. I was a bit worried where that was going when you said noises like that, Mike. That's Don't enough. Worry. This is PG. That's enough. Man of the decade, Gary Neville. Yeah. Um, we've, we've got, got the it. coming down to the last ones. I think given that we've had a decade that's been so dominated by controversy with FIFA and UEFA I think it's only fair to try and call out the worst governing body moment of the decade which we'll call the Michel Platini Memorial Award because he's he's dead in the world of football um, Dave you've got a different uh, one to me and Mike I think yeah mine isn't necessarily a moment but rather a whole sort of topic uh, UEFA and FIFA as a whole just They've done nothing to stamp out racism from the game. Um, I think, unfortunately, there's only so much people can do at like club level and even league level. You need that hard hitting to really get it out of the game from the actual governing bodies. And they, 
I saw a stat that um, I think a team in the Europa League got fined more for a pitch invasion than they did for yeah, racism. Uh, and obviously that just isn't sending the right message, so I'm going to have to say that. Bryce? Just quickly on that, it's uh, a shame that it's pretty much everyone says it's down to the players to walk off now to I actually think, make an yeah. impact, which is I agree is probably what's going to happen, but it should not be down to the players, it should be the governing body. Yeah. Exactly so. I'd, I had a moment during the Chelsea-Tottenham game where it was clear that there was racism happening, um, and it was a terrible moment for myself because I thought, I th- for like a brief second, I'm like, oh God, I hope they don't walk off so I have to replay the game. And then instantly, in my head, I'm like, no, that's totally the wrong way to think about it. Yeah. But it is a mentality that we've got to get over. And I know a lot of the players will probably think to themselves, I want to I want to play on, prove these races wrong. Well, that's but, what a lot of the players have said. But it's more that I think we need to make governing bodies take it seriously by getting rid of the entertainment product that they're um, putting out there. Yeah, a quick one on that, actually. In Ukraine a few weeks ago, Shakhtar, uh, Tyson was getting racially abused. And he kicked the ball... Uh, he kicked the ball into the fans, got a straight red card, um, and Ukraine actually fined him and gave him, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a five-match ban. Um, and some of the other players tried to walk off the pitch with him, but the officials basically stopped them and sort of said that they were not not because of racism. They would just up, would upset the fans and it wouldn't be right for them to walk off. Uh, so obviously when you've got nations like that in UEFA and FIFA that aren't being stamped down on, uh, it's it's really a, a big problem. Awful, isn't it? Um, me and you have got um, FIFA giving the World Cup to Qatar. Yeah. Um, you watched the documentary with Gary Neville Ivins in it. Does it go into it? Uh, a little briefly. They ask him about it. Because I'm worried. Um, I don't know about you. I'm worried about that World Cup. So it's gonna be definitely something different. So all the grounds are within an hour of each other it's the smallest country ever to host the World Cup but the main obviously issue is the workers the migrant workers yeah, rights and uh, um, and all that so a lot of them like it, Gary Neville met some lads from Ghana who've gone to work there mm-hmm. and they have to pay an agent fee to go go there so it's almost as if they've been sponsored sort of but then once they're there they're not allowed to change job they're, yeah. they're stuck yeah. so you either it's, almost, it's modern slavery is what it is basically you either leave you, f- you die which a few of them have or you are stuck there mm. which obviously is n- they're not getting paid enough there was something on the documentary about the the point they stop working the temperature they stop working is 48 degrees and 50 to 60 percent humidity now that is, I mean, that is hot. It's outrageous. That is it? ridiculously hot. I, I don't know how you work in those sort of conditions. I think, uh, again, another problem with it is, and I think this is a failing with giving the World Cup to Russia as well, is um, yeah, 2018 Russia, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm not being yeah. an idiot. No, yeah. Um, LGBTQ plus, I think that's right. All those fans, they can't go to either of these World Cups, really, and show <laughs> outward displays of affection. So what they said on that was that whatever um, way you swing, shall we say, that you're allowed to show some affection to a point, and then, but so long as you don't take the mickey, basically. So they said hugs are all right, 
kissing, maybe That's not. very generous of them. That's what they said. I'm just, I can only go off what no, their no. statement was. Yeah, I just... But whether that'll be implemented by the whole country yeah. is another thing. I'm, I'm sure as it comes a bit closer, we'll probably talk more about it. But to me, it's the most egregious sin of the decade. I know that, I mean, obviously the racism yeah, is really I, I know dreadful what you mean. and awful. Yeah. But I think, for me, it's a governing body actually giving the okay to a regime that is countless human rights abuses and yeah. it's just infringing on people's rights um, talk about something slightly nicer yeah let's do the it. very last one what's the game you most wish you'd been at live this decade David Harris I think uh, I know what it's going to be yeah I actually was not at the Colin Cup final in 2011 so I wish I'd been there you were instead in my lounge I was <laughs> uh, I mean as great as the lounge was Mike it wasn't quite being there in the stands um, and also the Barca 6-1 against PSG I can only imagine the scenes in, in that ground um, and probably in the pubs for hours after and to be honest that would be good fun yeah I've got the Barca PSG that's that's well no it's not my main one because my main one is uh, Manu at PSG in the Parc de France oh really last year yeah Pose. Ole's at the wheel and it felt pretty good at the time <laughs> sign the contract yeah. out they won't thank me no they won't Rio. they no, definitely they won't. won't yeah that's that's probably mine the other one would have been fun would be to be in the Spurs end at Ajax that would have been pretty jokes not that I'm a Spurs fan but that would have been fun mine is um, obviously uh, the Allianz Arena yeah, yeah. Of course. 2012 Chelsea won by one because I remember watching it in my house I remember my dad Thomas Muller's goal goes in and my dad turned it to me and goes it's all over now and um, they pulled the rabbit out of the hat again that Drogba header is maybe my favourite goal in fact I think it is my favourite goal it's it's because it's that entire Chelsea team that entire Chelsea run of just sheer willpower is behind that header he bullets it past the best keeper in the world and I'm not going to lie even when they gave away the penalty I never thought they'd lose after that. And um, to this day, I've uh, still only ever seen Drogba's penalty. I've not seen any of the other Chelsea ones. I can't watch them. <laughs> really? I still think we're going to miss. Yeah. Wow. I know Mata misses. And I remember saying to my dad, my dad goes, oh, Lampard's going to miss this. And I remember almost slapping him. <laughs> uh, but I still haven't seen him. I've seen Drogba's. And I've seen Czechs save for Schwarzenegger because I caught it accidentally once. But, wow. Yeah. Phenomenal game. Phenomenal um season and speaking of what was the best football season this decade I'm going to have to say 15-16 with Leicester no not for me but last I season, mean it's a good last one. season was the best one last season yeah oh we've, we've got three different answers then I, well I was away last year so unfortunately I probably didn't get to see as so much football as I hoped we've spoke about Leicester and Nausea yeah. have you got another one reason why for Leicester for Leicester for that why that season uh, I think a lot of people had thought that the Premier League had become whoever spends the most wins the league. And mm. for, I wasn't quite that far along that train of thought. However, it really sort of restored some faith for me in, in English football. Um, to be honest, no, I just I just love that season. I'm always going to remember it fondly. So. I'm just thinking it restores your faith in football. And then the next three winners are Chelsea, Man City, yeah. Man City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, um, but fair enough, it was a fantastic season. I loved it. Um, I loved it too. Um, that team, brilliant. Um, Michael Breton, yeah. you last season. Last right? season, definitely. Why? City and Liverpool. 
were just ridiculous teams. Great Champions League season as well. And that that's the other reason. Both you had both of them. The English running the Champions League, some ridiculous games in the Champions League, which I absolutely loved watching. However, you're both wrong. I have because a... it's it's 2011-12 and I'll tell you why Aguero wins it on the last day of the season Chelsea have the most dramatic Champions League run ever Spain is Pep's Barca versus Mourinho's Real Madrid in one of the closest title races ever you've got the Bur- I think Dortmund are locked in title race a close one with Bayern Munich I think they lose actually I think Dortmund do the double over them and you've got I think the Bertha Juventus bigger dynasty that's the best season no, no you, good pretty good one. <laughs> Twenty fifteen sixteen, uh, Solio Moore's actually won the National League North. So. <laughs> Go on the boys. Go on the boys. Marcus Big Nuts Barmy Army. No, I don't. I don't think there'll ever be a season as good as eleven twelve for me ever again. Yeah, there's probably a bit of recency bias in mine, but well, I think there's there's mine's absolutely laced with bias because I was always going to say that one, but then I actually went and looked it up. To, I looked it up today, and I was like. That's like the most dramatic season has ever been. Yeah, like. if that is the case, that probably was the best one. But, no, but I, I like last year. Football's a game of opinions, isn't it? Yeah. You either mine are wrong from what we've covered in this. <laughs> <laughs> you either love VAR or you hate it. Um. So, uh, I guess that's it for the decade. Um. Anyway, all right. Should we just do a quick prediction for the next decade? Who do you think could be the? Who do you think's gonna? Ooh, what club do you think's gonna dominate the next decade? I, I don't say dominate but I think this could be the start of Liverpool being a top top team again they just won the Champions League and I'm they already are yeah but they still haven't okay. won a title for 30 years and I feel looks like they're going to wrap it up this year mm-hmm. this could be the start of a very dominant for uh, spell for Liverpool uh, at least being at the very top again as a mm-hmm. club um, so I'm going to have to say them Yep, this is going to really hurt me as a Man U fan, but yeah. I'm going to go with Liverpool as well. Okay. I think this is going to be the start of uh, maybe another 80s run. Um, and I think Pep's going to leave City in the next year or two. Yeah, that's that contributes heavily now. to why I think it's Liverpool, not City. Man United, I think. Man United have been too bad for too long. They're going to sack their manager, they're going to get Pochettino, and they're going to dominate. Because that's who Man United are. Liverpool, I think, Jurgen Klopp, his methods, as we saw Dortmund, they're fantastic for a few years, but eventually run really like wild on the players. And the thing is, they've won the Champions League, they've won a Premier League. If Real Madrid can call in for Salah Romano, they, they're going to go because they can't achieve anything else here. Um, I just think, I just, I know it's, a, it's almost like a, a pipe dream that Man United are going to go back to being good but I just can't believe they've been bad for this long yeah neither can I to be honest and they've got, here we are they're the biggest They're other than Real Madrid for me Man United are the biggest club in the world and the biggest clubs in the world are not quiet for a long time um, I think more interesting about next decade is who takes over after Messi yeah I've got I've got a name in mind alright have, have a way this is your prediction well, I think Mbappe. This is going to come back to haunt us in ten years. It could definitely come back to haunt me, but I think Mbappe could become, by far and away, possibly the best player in the world. Proof of his back to goal. Sorry. Sorry, I'm just muttering under my breath about Mbappe improving with his back to goal. 
Uh, yeah, I think Mbappe could be the man. Yeah, probably. Him or Tariq Lamptey. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stranger of St. Jude Bellingham. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks for joining us for this episode of the In Around podcast. Usually it's not going to be like this. It's probably going to be a, a bit more focused on um, what's happening that week. But in the meantime, Dave, if they want to follow you and find out why you picked Ed, you picked David Silver at left mid over Eden Hazard, where can they follow you? Uh, my Instagram's Dave Harris 212 and my Twitter's Dave Harris underscore 44. Quick side note, is that from the Azealia Banks song? It absolutely <laughs> is. Because 44 was taken and that's obviously my next go-to. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Mike Bresin, you do a bit of football writing. Yeah. Uh, where can the people find that? Uh, so... Uh, footy Files on Twitter which is at Footy Files uh, you can follow my Twitter which is at Mikey Breslin M-I-K-E-Y um, and yeah just check me out on there you'll find everything you need alright cool and um, you can follow me at, at WillHunt17 but um, please don't instead please follow us on at In and Around Pods so you can keep up to date with what we're doing we're going to be tweeting during games and just sharing it's where you can find the latest edition of this podcast um, and you'll probably also find some some hot takes maybe if I get hold of the Twitter when I'm drunk and Chelsea are losing you might see me calling for Marcus Alonso's head (laughs) but um, anyway thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time sweet thanks